What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast brought to you by Keeping Carlson. I'm your host, Louis Ezekiel, and joining me tonight, my pal and yours, Jeremy Versillo. Jeremy, how are you doing on this high-paced, action-filled Thursday night of NHL hockey? Doing great. Ready to chat. And uh, we've got a big list of things to go through today, so why don't we get right to it? All right, I'm into that. Let's jump right into the action here because, yes, we got a ton of stuff that we're trying to cover. So we're going to start off with some uh, injury news and notes, quite a few items to mention there. Uh, we've got some patron questions, and we're going to wrap it up with a couple quick hot streaks. Uh, but, Jeremy, big one here that I think we need to lead the show with, uh, an injury that was announced yesterday uh, out in Denver. Tell us about what's going on in Colorado. Yeah, uh- Kale McCarr missed yesterday's game with a day-to-day undisclosed injury. Uh, In his place, Devontae's stepped up and took the power play one and top defenseman role. And Taze is a guy I've had my eye on for a while. First of all, with yesterday's game included, he's on a three-game point streak. And second of all, he was one of the bigger underperformers of the first half. He had 29 5v5 goals for compared to 35 expected a 6.6 on ice shooting percentage at 5v5. I think if he's available, you should grab him definitely while he's on this power play one and maybe even hold him longer as I think he's got good bounce back potential and a desirable playoff schedule. Yeah, really interesting. Like being able to to see not only is he getting a better opportunity here, but he even has room for just some regression from the play he had while Makar was around, I think is is really valuable. And certainly... Colorado would benefit from some improved play uh, or some extra points from him as they are fighting uh, to get into the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, you know, interesting, too, because last year Colorado was the kind of team that, you know, who maybe was uh, willing to rest some of their stars uh, as the season wore on, um, you know, in critical fantasy periods. But um doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this season. You should be able to play McKinnon, McCarr. Uh, Ranton and all those guys right up to the end of the season. So that's some good news. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get some more clarity on the McCarr uh, situation for you for the Sunday mega show. Uh, not a whole ton of information for us right now, but I could see why they would be tight-lipped about the guy. Uh, let's move over to St. Louis, where we got some updates on a few players. Um, Tarasenko still out, but Coach Bruby believes that he is close to telling him that he is ready. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, on the other hand, cannot get a skate on still. He needs swelling to go down before they can get a clearer time frame uh, on when we might see O'Reilly return. Uh, we also have Tori Krug, who's skated for five days now. Uh, he's not back yet, but he's progressing, so that'll be another name to keep an eye on uh, to, for potentially coming back uh, into the lineup, obviously. Uh, any and all of them would be a big benefit to get back for uh, the Blues uh, as they uh, continue to you know, make their fight uh, for the remainder of the season as well. A uh, couple more injuries and outries here. What's the next one we've got, Jeremy? Next up, we've got uh, Nathan Bastian coming off IR in New Jersey. If you remember early in the season, he was playing the net front on that top power play with Hughes and Hishier and Thrott, and also was getting a ton of hits. So the game hasn't started yet today, so we won't see where he slots in until 7 p.m. Pacific. But if he does end up stealing that spot back, he could be worth having in certain types of leagues. 
Yeah, I I'm hesitant to to encourage anyone to run out and grab him. Certainly, uh, it's a wait and see approach for me. Uh, if he gets that nice spot, I wouldn't count on it necessarily. Um, they've been getting some good production lately, so don't you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Would be my opinion, but with NHL coaches, you never know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that is the approach they take. Uh, another significant injury that just came up uh, today within the last hour or two. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky was injured early in Thursday night's game. Uh, we don't really know the extent of it, but he is going to be out uh, for at least the remainder of the game. Spencer Knight was placed on IR last week. Uh, and so the next man up is Alex Lyon, uh, also known as Brian Combs, a favorite Alex Lyon, uh, said with tongue firmly in cheek. We know that Brian does not truly promote the guy. Um, but, you know, he's a goalie with a 902 average over the last three years, giving you 33% quality starts to 22% really bad starts, uh, minus nine goals saved above average over those last three years. You know, take him on if you need volume and Bob is out for a while. Obviously, he's performing nicely uh, here on Thursday, at least so far. Uh, not to jinx the guy, but uh, unless I'm they've scored lately, uh, he is currently uh, shutting out uh, the... Montreal Canadiens, uh, for whatever, you know, your mileage may vary on how uh, exciting that is for you. But, um, you know, he could be a volume guy if Bob is out for a while, since we don't have a real update on night. Uh, don't expect great ratios, uh, regardless of how things might be going for him, uh, this evening. I think, uh, you know, nice that he can step in and play well, but hasn't been consistently, uh, high quality, uh, in his, in his career up to this season. Oh, and as I talk about this, uh, Rem Pitlick breaks the shutout. So sorry about that, Alex Lyon. That's on me. Yeah. Uh, Lyon looks like he'll get the Lyon share of the starts, especially because we have no clue who their fourth string goalie is. I had to look it up on cat friendly and it looks like it's Mac Gusa, an undrafted 22 year old. So can't imagine he's going to get any time in the NHL. Yeah, I would imagine they'll do what they can to make sure that uh, he does not need to enter a game. And again, you know, we could see Bobrovsky and or Knight back, you know, in pretty short order. But yeah, this is a situation to keep an eye on. And I am sure uh, that the guys will share uh, what they come up with uh, by by Sunday. Uh, all right, we got another one more in- outtree, one more injury uh, before we head into some patron questions. Who's next on our list? Chris Kreider returned for the Rangers today. After missing, I think it was only a couple games. I honestly don't have him on any team, so I didn't notice when exactly he went out. But slotted back into his normal spot next to Zivanejad and is playing on the power play. All right. Uh, and then one last uh, injury here. This one just cropped up as well uh, for a game that just started a little while ago. Lawson Kraus popped up as out day-to-day with an upper body injury uh, late on Thursday. Hopefully you were able to notice it and get somebody into that slot if you are a Lawson Kraus owner. Had a great game against the Wings in that big comeback in overtime. Uh, three assists uh, and five points over the last four games. So this is a guy that you're going to want to watch for an update. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, basically that there's a few guys that the, um, you know, that the puck really runs through in... Arizona and Kraus is one of those guys. So I know that they're going to be anxious to get him back as quick as they can. Whew, that was a lightning round through a whole bunch of injury and outry news. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to cover some patron questions. And we got a couple hot and cold streaks as well. You're listening to short shifts. Welcome back to short shifts. Uh, we solicited some questions from the patrons as we often do on Thursdays. 
Uh, and we got one from Ryan Downey, super patron. Uh, he said, Svetch is cold. What is going on with this guy? Um, yeah, he's got half as many goals in the second quarter of the season uh, on nine more shots than he had in the first half. He had 13 goals on 70 shots uh, in the first half and just six on 79 uh, here in that second quarter. So he regressed to the mean uh, for his shooting average and then just kept on going to the negative side of variance. Uh, he shot 18.5% in the first quarter and just 7.6% in the second. Uh, he's also lost about 50 seconds of ice time per night in that second quarter uh, and about a corresponding 50-second drop in power play time on ice. There may just be some noise in there. Uh, I didn't look in to see kind of how many penalties uh, or how many man advantages uh, Carolina has had the opportunity uh, for in the second quarter. Um, but, you know, uh, it also coincides with uh, Marty Natchez, uh, cause most common line mate in both quarters. Uh, having some reduced effectiveness in that second quarter. So I think that plays into it as well. I think this is puck luck. Uh, you know, I think that he is a better shooter than the 7.6 that he's shown in this second quarter. Uh, so I think he will, he will rebound. I don't know that he'll rebound exactly to the nearly 20% shooting heights that he had for a while there. But yeah, I wouldn't lose faith on him. We know this is a super talented guy. I don't think we have to, um, I don't think we have to panic right now uh, just because he is, you know, on the cold side of the bed. Yeah, totally agreed. And Svechnikov also has two assists tonight. So, Ryan, congrats on your reverse jinx there. Oh, yeah. Very good job. Excellent. All right. Um, next question. Uh, we're going to have you start with uh, Jeremy from Julian and Andrea, uh, who both had some questions about some of these uh, cold penguins. They had some questions about Brian Rust, first of all, who's on the penguins line two, although yesterday he was bumped to line one, but he's playing on the second power play. Unlike in previous seasons, he's got one point in the last four games and four in the last nine. His shooting percentage is a touch low, so it could get better, but I'm really worried about the loss of that power play time. I definitely think he's more like a 55-point player than the 65-plus one we've seen in the past. Probably not in drop territory, but maybe if your team's really good, he could be the bottom player on your team. I know I've talked to some fellow managers in the last week who were considering dropping Russ, and upon looking at their team, I'm like, yeah, you may have to. Second question was about a bit more studly of a penguin, Jake Gensel. He's been a bit cold, but his season-long numbers still look really good. Uh, it's probably more an 80-point guy than the 91 from last year, but all of the deployment, time on ice, power play, time on ice, those are remarkably similar to previous years, like within a couple seconds of each other, if I remember correctly. Another minor note on the Penguins is they have a strong playoff schedule, at least based on the weeks that the couple uses, so especially in the semis and the finals weeks. They may be sneaky pickups if you're ahead in a matchup or have a buy or good buy, buy lows if you need to add your add to your roster for blood playoffs. Yeah, I love that. That's some excellent advice there. Yeah, and you know, we went through this, uh, getting back to Rust, we went through this experience last year where he spent some time off and he was able to right the ship and, and reassert himself as a power play one guy. Um, it just was, I remember it being very stressful for the rust managers like myself. So yeah, I think stay the course. Uh, certainly, like you said, if you're in a good position, um, to make the playoffs, if you think, uh, so in Kakupful, obviously there's quite a few weeks left, but, um, 
yeah, that, that nice playoff schedule is you can't beat it. Uh, as long as you feel like you're going to make it there and Russ certainly could turn it on and he could be the kind of guy who, you know, gets you two goals and an assist in a key playoff game. So, uh, don't lose the faith quite yet. Uh, feel okay about him overall. All right. So our next question here, uh, Elon asked about Jack Campbell. He's got four straight wins. Is he taking back the net? Uh, you know, this also comes as Stuart Skinner had lost his last three starts, uh, including a really bad start on January 7th against Seattle, where he allowed four goals on 20 shots. And, you know, that's not the, the worst. Uh, that's, that's not the worst really bad start that you're going to see. Um, but it did open the door for Campbell to start to break back through. Um, you know, I think this could be the kind of situation where, you know, Campbell is the contract guy. I think they want him to work out. Uh, certainly we've seen him at times turn it on really effectively and, and really dominate portions of seasons. He just hasn't done it consistently throughout a full year. Um, but if this is him kind of finding his game and really seeing the puck well, you know, uh, Campbell could potentially be on an extended run of success here. Uh, they're taking on Tampa Bay tonight, which is a tough task. So, um, you know, don't really know, uh, how that necessarily is going to go. You'll, you'll know better than us how that game turned out, but certainly I would be paying attention to Jack Campbell, uh, as a guy who got dropped in some leagues as Skinner kind of took over. Um, and if I were a Skinner manager, I think I would be getting a little bit worried. Um, he's got the contract on his side, like we said. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not super interested in holding on to goalies who might get a start a week. Uh, so I think if, if you know, Campbell keeps getting these starts, uh, no reason to hold on to Skinner until we start to see uh, the pendulum swing to the other side. Definitely agree with you. Campbell is in, Skinner is out. With some of these timeshare situations, you kind of have to go with whoever's getting the starts. I do kind of wonder if this is turning into one of those, I forget which teams have done this in the past, where they start a goalie until he loses a game and then switch to the other guy until they lose a game. So you may see a little bit of both coming up soon if Campbell falters. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what we saw from the Wild uh, at times uh, in the past where, like, Cabo Kakina would come on and, and get a run of games where he was playing really well. You know, obviously he's moved on, but, like, yeah, I could see it being that kind of situation where it's like, let's get this guy out there and see what he can do. Uh, and once he starts to falter, then you give the other guy their opportunity. So, yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, unfortunately, as great as Skinner has been, I, you don't want to be someone, you know, fantasy hockey is a question of what have you done for me lately. Uh, and if he hasn't done a whole lot for you, you're hurting yourself by hanging on to him. So don't become, you know, don't become a snoozer here. Uh, get ready to move on from Skinner, at least until such a time as, uh, we're going to see Jack Campbell begin to falter. Next up, we had another question from Elon about two cold Islanders, Matthew Barzell and Brock Nelson. Uh, Nelson has three points in his last 10 games, and that includes a goal today. He's also been shooting less than normal. Barzell, it's a similar story, zero points in his last six, but both of them, the 10 or so games before that, were red hot, like over a point per game pace. I'm going to chalk these up to the ebbs and flows of a season. The Islanders as a whole have been terrible lately. I'll read you off the goal totals from their last 10 games, not counting tonight. 1, 3, 2, 1, 1, 1, 2, 6, 1, 2. That's pretty bad. 
hey, they got that six goal game in there. So that's, yeah, that's something. But yeah, no, that's really ugly. That's like the old, uh, this is like what we used to think of the Islanders as kind of like a game that, you know, you would get in a, in a pillow fight with and see who could slide a, slide a puck across the goal and, and win the game, you know, one to nothing or two to one. Uh, yeah, not super fun to see, uh, especially when defensively they haven't been quite where they were in those years where they were winning these kind of rock fight style games. I can't decide on my metaphor. Rock fight, pillow fight. You know, rock fight because it's like caveman stuff and pillow fight because nothing's really happening offensively, I guess. We got to wrap up here with a hot streak that we want to discuss for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Alex Killorn is on a nice little run here. Uh, He had uh, previously uh, a run of three goals in four games uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, then kind of went cold for a short while, but has had a really nice streak over the last four games with six total points. Uh, he benefited a little bit from Stamkos's hat trick 500th goal game. Um, but he's been pretty solid playing line two, power play two. It's not the best spot, usually not a place that you're super anxious to go grab a player, uh, who's a line two power play guy most of the time, but uh, getting deployment with Stamkos and, and Sorelli's no, no slouch either. That's pretty solid. Uh, he's got to eligibility, just 24% owned. Uh, I look at that as a really nice opportunity to at least stream in a guy if he's got a good schedule where, um, you know, he can, he can provide you with some points playing, you know, not being the star himself, but playing with, uh, you know, players who can move the needle and really make things happen. Uh, Stamkos obviously was just electric for that, um, big, that big 500th goal game. So very exciting for him. Uh, when Nikita Kucherov got the puck with the empty net, you knew there was no way in the world that he was going to pass, uh, so, or that he was going to shoot. I'm sorry. So good for him getting it onto Stamkos and giving him the hat trick on a special night, uh, for a really impressive player. Yeah. Nothing much to add there. Like we've seen Kalorn for many years now, and I don't think anything's going to change with what we can expect from him. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks to everybody who was with us on Twitch today. Really nice to see you. Always fun to be able to interact that way. Uh, make sure you give us a follow at short shifts, KK, uh, Brian and Elon, of course, at keeping Carlson, uh, thanks to everybody who downloaded the show and is listening to it on their favorite podcast app. That, of course, is really awesome as well. I uh, really recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL. Those are the Twitter handles that will get you all the up-to-date news that you need uh, to be adept and agile and quick and beat the rest of your league mates to those key players. Uh, and it's all really nicely organized if you want to check out GameDayTweets.com. Visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes with at Frozen uh, Tools, Yahoo, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.